Hello and welcome to the Squiggly Animation Podcast. In this episode, we round up the winners of the 2020 British Animation Awards. Hello, everybody. It's been a while, but we're back. In style, no less. I'm Ben Mitchell, joined by fellow plucky rapscallion Steve Henderson. How you doing, Steve? I'm I'm plucky, and I'm the other word you said. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine, Ben. Nothing ailing you? Nope, nope. I have uh, put a big red cross on the door. Um, I, the, post, the postman came wandering up towards the door earlier on. I just aimed my shotgun in his face and said, just put him on the ground and leave. That's the way to do it. You're basically John Goodman in that Cloverfield movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, for no particular reason, I'm not. I'm not alluding to anything that's going on in the world. This is just the way it is round here. You know, it's just a standard day in the life of Steve. Absolutely. Yeah. How are you? Uh, also, you know, fighting fit. You know, it's funny having done a few podcasts, but you know, this one podcast series fairly consistently over. Um, Eight years, Eight which years. in and of itself, Jesus. Uh, but it's funny how, you know, I'll occasionally dip into old episodes to refer to what we've put up in the past, previous content, things like that, check things. And it's interesting how much of a time capsule certain episodes of the podcast are. Yeah. Uh, and that wasn't something I kind of anticipated. Like, oh, this is, you know, we start off, this is the tax breaks. And, oh, this is the referendum. And, uh, oh, this is <laughs> Trump getting elected. This is Brexit. And they get more depressing as it goes. You know, other <laughs> historical milestones. This is when Pixar made that lava movie. The worst. The various standstills the world has been brought to over the years. Uh, anyway, if future Ben is dipping into this episode and wondering where we're at, uh, welcome to the literal apocalypse episode. <laughs> I can picture now, I can picture future Ben <laughs> listening to Ben now going, oh, you're so naive. You thought that was the apocalypse. As he's eating a meal of you know, roadkill <laughs> and dodging <laughs> Mad Max-esque gangs of ruffians. Uh, glib musings and verbal diarrhea designed to tamp down quite legitimate bouts of genuine despair aside. Um... <laughs> It's actually been kind of rough. I mean, we, we're seeing industry events and stuff in particular take a huge knock. Yes. A lot of stuff is being cancelled all over the place. We, I think, both been quite lucky. We've been able to attend a bunch of stuff this year, mm -hmm. which will be, you know, the main kind of thing of this episode. But there's been, you know, I mean, this past week in particular, a lot of events that were saying, oh, maybe we'll keep an eye on it, are now saying, oh, yeah, we can't do it. The consequences are really quite real and i feel dreadfully for you know event organizers and running a festival yourself this is probably a, a nightmare scenario and i'm sure you know, by the time november rolls around math is going to be okay and encounters hopefully by september but you know the people who had stuff lined up for spring and summer you know it's it's a rough time it's terrifying it, it, to, to think that you'd be letting down audiences, that you'd be letting down sponsors, that you'd be letting down filmmakers, that you'd be letting down a community at the, you know, the whim of this, this horrible thing that's going on. And they're difficult. They're really difficult to put on anyway. It, it, it's not, it's just imagine spinning all the plates in the world, but then imagine 
moving the plates to another time of year. It's simply impossible. So it's it is it's bad news, and it's bad news that events like this won't happen. But I think at this time we need to kind of realize how important these events are because they're places that people go to network. And what does networking mean? Networking means people get jobs. What does job mean? It means the economy runs. And what happens when these studios can't open and these studios can't carry on creating work and presenting work? It it really will... It's going to have financial implications if, if it does blow up as, as uh, you know, as big as it's been predicted by some fear mongers. Yeah. My kind of general attitude is, you know, when it happens, it happens from the position of relative comfort of a possible guest or attendee or things like that. But I, yeah, like I say, I just feel really badly for the people who have to just keep this watchful eye on it mm-hmm. and that fear of letting people down. People, though, generally are, are responding with, you know, this was the right decision and they know it must be incredibly hard. Um, there's a lot of commiseration. There's, I haven't really, I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who are being like, no, this is bullshit. Yeah. But by and large, I think people understand. And also people were kind of thinking to themselves, I don't think I want to go anymore. Mm. It is a respected decision. And quite a lot of the major players are bowing out this year. Uh, Stuttgart, FMX, who are partnered Rowan, the Cine Court Anime Festival, Tokyo Anime Award Festival, Glass in Los Angeles, Mostra in Lisbon, our good friends at the Cardiff Animation Festival have had to postpone. A uh, work colleague of mine was going to go to Animation Dingle this weekend. I think that's been cancelled too. Dingle has been cancelled, yeah. And, you know, there are a few left that are still in the kind of, like, we'll wait and see. But, yeah, I mean, as a filmmaker, you know, there is this element, because quite a few festivals that have been cancelled were about to announce their program, and I have a new film, and that would have been screened at them. Mm. And there is this kind of, like, thing of, like, ah, shit. But also, well, the film hasn't been cancelled. Yeah. Like, after the first, I, I was quite disappointed the first time it happened, and then when I realized, oh, this isn't actually an isolated thing, because this was a while ago. Uh, so they were ahead of the curve <laughs> as far mm. as the, the cancellation of events side of things. But, you know, the filmmakers do have other options to get their film seen, and um, this thing will eventually run its course, and there are brighter days ahead. So, yeah, it's all a matter of perspective. Fingers crossed. I mean, at the time of recording, uh, particularly in, in the UK, there is, there's been no solid guidelines. I mean, we talked about Dingle being cancelled there. That's because the Irish government have uh, put a, a cap on numbers. I was at Cartoon mm. Movie a couple of weeks ago, and the French government had put a cap on numbers at f- uh, 5,000. And obviously, a, a forum such as Cartoon Movie has 900 people there top. So it was well within the the, the numbers. Mm. However, the UK government have not set anything yet such as that. And this is causing an incredible amount of anxiety for, for festival attendees and for festival directors. So, I mean, I'm sure that by the time this podcast is edited and put out, things may have changed and we, you know, maybe have some more sad news. But a lot of festival directors are just turning around to the government and saying, not just animation festival, other other friends of mine that run other festivals are just saying, come on, shit, I'll get off the pot. Yeah. Sort it out. At any rate, sort of goes without saying, what with us being an industry news outlet, any way that Squiggly is able to help with festivals kind of getting the word out on 
how they're dealing with things or alternative arrangements for replacement events, things like that, postponed events. I know like Stuttgart, for example, is doing a digital version or going to try and do some kind of digital festival thing, which, you know, might be an interesting workaround. Great. But, you know, we're here for getting the word out. That's what we do. And we're always, we're a big champion of, um, you know, the festival side of things. I owe a huge part of my career to festival attendance and the indie filmmaking side of what I do has at this stage, so not so much at the beginning, but certainly now it's contributed enormously to, you know, what visibility I have as a employable animator. So it's something that's quite close to my heart. And, uh, uh, I imagine a lot of people listening to. So don't hesitate to get in touch. I will say that that idea of doing a digital festival is great. And I would implore people that are, that do look up, if, if say, for example, they do charge for a digital ticket, then consider putting your hand in your pocket for it. Don't look over somebody's shoulder or, or, or try and get a bootleg copy or however... Uh, uh, other ways of seeing it for free just because something's on the internet does not necessarily especially at a time like this doesn't necessarily mean that it should be free and you should be entitled to it you know bear in mind that these uh digital events they they need to be run somehow you know people need to be paid and uh for this work to continue so if it's within your power to stick your hand in your pocket and support these uh events for the price of a ticket or the price of getting that information, then uh, I would employ you to do so. I remember, I think it was Greg McLeod or someone who had been active on like Vimeo On Demand as a service. Mm. He, he made a quite good point. It's like, you know, like your appeal when you see your views on a video that's gone up for free. The moment you put a video up on demand and charge like 10p or more, that's when you know who your fans are. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, people, this is a sort of psychological thing of like, oh, if it's not completely free, eh. But, you know, think of like all the awful movies you've watched on Netflix or Prime or whatever, and you're paying a monthly fee for that. Like, that was some, you know, money that left your pockets. You'll know you're paying for curated quality animation if it's a festival. So uh, spare some change. Well, yeah, and we know people, it doesn't matter how important or... Uh, award nominated these animations are as soon as it says you know put it up for a quid or something the the filmmaker you know they're not they're not sitting there on a on a yacht with a big cigar in the mouth laughing their head off you know yeah. they'll make they'll make a f- they will literally make a few pounds off that so i think if we want to keep our industry buoyant uh there's no better time to support mm-hmm. absolutely so much love and strength to everyone and uh, that situation and um on the subject of quality animation a few days ago the british animation awards had its biennial celebration it took place at the bfi south bank as it always does and from what i gather uh not being able to go was it was a school night but from everyone i know who did go it was a roaring success mm. how did you find the evening Stephen? very drunk uh no it was great it was exactly as the baa's should be. Um, I, yeah. I did make light of it on Twitter, saying something like, "You know, it's where the British animation uh, community come together once, once every two years to get absolutely shit-faced." Uh, but it's not just about that. Obviously, it's a, a major part of networking is getting together. But it was brilliant. It, it, obviously, uh, Helen Brunston uh, and uh, and Kieran Argo have taken over from uh, uh, Jane Pillin 
who set up the awards 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and this event has been the the event in the calendar for British animation in terms of uh, reflection, in terms of getting together, in terms of meeting up with people and celebrating the incredible work that's taken place over the past two years. And obviously, uh, the films are shared throughout the UK with independent cinemas uh, across the country putting on screenings uh, of, and selections of work. And I know plenty of people listening to this podcast will have been along to those uh, particular screenings. So in, in, in many ways, it hadn't changed from what the British Animation Awards usually is, you know, this amazing celebration. But in other ways, uh, Helen has, has really changed things up and she's plussed it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The British Animation Awards this year were fantastic. Uh, the same but better, I suppose, is the best way of putting it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where the the Brunsden era takes us because uh, it's in safe hands. Excellent to hear. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of you know concern when you carry on the flame of something like this. And um, no, it's a really nice thing to hear that it's gone down so well. Mm. And yeah, like you say, a few new additions, notably introduction of a new award, the Lamb Award which was a new category for this year's edition for rising stars in the animation industry. And I believe it was sponsored by Disney. Mm -hmm. So was this targeted toward students or people sort of early on in their career? It's early career people. So I think it's the first five years in industry uh, gets you uh, a nomination. And obviously businesses are getting in touch saying, I'd like to, I'd like to nominate this person. I'd like to nominate that person. Uh, and there's no kind of, they don't have to be a director. They don't have to be a production manager. They don't have to be an animator. They don't have to be anything in particular. You can be any job in industry. Uh, and the case is made uh, to the uh, to British Animation Awards. And we see who, who gets the award, really. But it's such a great idea to celebrate the future of animation as well as celebrating what's happened over the last two years. So who was the recipient of the first Lamb Award? So yeah, the brand new Lamb Award. Um, it says that it bridges the gap between current students and uh, general best-in-class awards and recognises rising stars in the industry. And it was presented to Roxy Linklater, who's a rigger uh, and, uh, and, and handles the amateurs at Arpen Animations. Fantastic. We actually got some time with the winners mm-hmm. for various categories in, a, from what I gather, varying states of inebriation. Yeah, from drunk to absolutely paralytic. There you go. Uh, <laughs> as, is, as is the tradition at the awards, as I've said earlier on. Well, I imagine we get to see a new side of um, our interviewees that way. So I kind of wonder, maybe we should have a mandatory like minimum drink limit thing for when we interview people just to loosen them up a bit going forward yeah we've got so many exclusives come in these coming interviews ben i think <laughs> which which uh we'll probably have the podcast taken down by uh, <laughs> by certain people you should never drink too much at a biennial animation industry event that you can't say anything that will you know violate an nda Ardman are listening now and absolutely terrified what did i say <laughs> Well, to begin with, let's hear from Roxy Linklater, the Lamb Award winner. Hello, I'm uh, Roxanne Linklater. I'm a rigger at Ardman Animations. Uh, the winner of the first ever Lamb Award at the British Animation Awards. How are you feeling? 
feeling quite shocked, to be honest. I didn't think I was going to win, but it's amazing to be recognised as a rigger in the in, in the industry, to be honest. I feel like rigging kind of gets forgotten about a lot behind the scenes, so that's amazing. And it's amazing to be the first winner, it's amazing. And a place like Ardman Animations as well, obviously famed for years and years and years, um, to the art of rigging. Tell us about the art of rigging. Tell us why you won this award in terms of, there must be some passion behind that. This is quite an interesting question. I feel like uh, rigging is a combination of creativity and mathematics. I feel like people who go into rigging don't necessarily just want to be in animation. They're just logical thinkers. It's almost like engineering for puppets. So I feel like it's really amazing that there's been an, an award given to a rigger because I feel like they're generally not uh, accoladed. The, jo the whole job is about making the animator's job easier and allowing them to think about animation. Uh, we think about the logistics, they think about the animation. So it's nice to be seen in the industry to, you know, be a, a clever person? I don't know what. <laughs> I, I mean, and you've been awarded with a fantastic uh, uh, framed uh, prize. All the prizes at the BAAs are obviously. Sorry, somebody's dropped a hot dog. That's what all the noise in the background is. Um, it's that type of award, such show. Um, you've been awarded with this fantastic uh, 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 picture. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So the artist who created the picture is Eve Coy. She's the wife of one of the directors of Farmageddon, which I had the pleasure of working on. And it was a great opportunity to develop my skill. And Will, who was one of the directors of Farmageddon, it's his wife who created the picture. And I'm just so happy to be awarded a picture that she's created. Yes, I don't know. Fantastic. <laughs> congratulations on your win. Uh, the first ever Lamb Award at the British Animation Awards. Uh, congratulations once again and enjoy your evening. Thank you so much. Thank you for the interview. Sorry if I sound a bit wobbly, but it, there's been many free drinks. We've heard about the Ardman party bus. Do you want to tell us about that? Oh, there's, there's many Ardman party buses for many events and it's always absolute top-notch fun. <laughs> Uh, we come from Bristol to London every single event and it's really, really fun. We've literally been drinking since 3 p.m. And well deserved as well. Thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much to Roxy Linklater and congratulations for winning the first British Animation Awards LAM Award. Well, the winner for Best Long Form up against The Tiger Who Came to Tea uh, by Robin Shaw, our, the podcast guest in our last episode, which is a while ago now, Zog by Max Lang, Aliens Love Underpants and Panta Claws by Steve Edge, The Snail and the Whale by Max Lang, and the winner was a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, by Will Beecher and Richard Phelan. Congratulations to Ardman Animations and all the uh, very talented people who put that one together. Did we get to chat with uh, either of them or both of them? We got to chat to both of them. Fabulous. Yeah, they were, their award was uh, a magnificent piece of craziness from the Brothers Quay, um, which is, is exactly what you'd expect, <laughs> um, covered in sawdust and... Was there a bit of doll on it somewhere? There was, there was a bit of doll on it. Uh, How did I guess that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, th- th- I mean, this is one of the beautiful things about the British Animation Awards uh, is that the awards are uh, they are made by uh, members of the uh, animation community. So they will create artworks which then become the awards. So yeah, uh, we spoke to uh, Will Beecher uh, and Rich Phelan, the directors of a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Uh, so yeah, we're absolutely delighted to chat with those guys. I'm Richard Phelan. And I'm Will Beecher. Congratulations on winning this very handsome award. How are you guys feeling at the moment? Uh, we feel great. It's fantastic. I'm sort of really happy for me and Will and all the crew back at Ardman. Yeah, um, it, was a, it was an amazing sort of category. There were a lot of films in it that, that we were up against. Very good films, so it's lovely. It's really lovely to have won. And the Brothers Quay have designed this uh, unique piece of art. I mean, it's, it's everything you'd expect from the Brothers Quay, isn't it? It's, it's an amazing, I think it looks like a piece of set from one of their films. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I studied them back when I was a student, so it's amazing to be holding it now. Yeah. And it's got their trademark sawdust all over it, which you'd expect from a Brothers Quay yeah. prop. You've got to keep that safe on the tube. Yeah, I've got, to, I've got to carry it all the way back to Bristol, which is fun. Thank you to the Brothers Quay. The Ardman have been down here in force today. Um, every single time the word Ardman was mentioned in that room, there was almost an eruption. I thought seats were going to be ripped out. Uh, from You've all come down on a minibus, uh, I, I, I take it, um, en masse. Yeah, we're here in force, and uh, we've won many awards tonight. We're all really excited and uh, just chuffed to bits, really. I think the minibus, um, I wasn't on it, nor was Rich, but it, it, there was a story that goes with it. you have to ask Pete Lord later on. It involved him buying Prosecco at a service station. As most great stories do. Um, so Sean the Sheep has been this fantastic uh, success. It's, uh, it's just been released on Blu-ray, DVD. It's, uh, it's made its way out there. Uh, what are you guys doing now? Are you putting your feet up after uh, scooping all the awards? Or what's, what's next for Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon, and what's next for you guys? Uh, we're working on new ideas for Shaun the Sheep back at the studio. We've exciting new projects currently in development. And Ardman is um, currently working on Robin Robin for Netflix, which is a fantastic um, special. And then uh, Chicken Run 2 is also in development. <laughs> the thing is, there's lots and lots of ideas as well in development. So, um, and we're making more morph, but we're also working on a, a sort of immersive Wallace and Gromit thing that's coming out next year. Um, so that's something that um, Nick Park and Merlin are heading up, and it involves augmented reality and, and basically a sort of interactive experience. So look out for that. Fantastic. And now I'm going to try and grab hold of uh, Peter Lord and find out what about that Prosecco and the service station. Thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations. Wonderful work there on a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Well done. Moving on. Best voice performance. And this went to Sally Hawkins as the snail in the snail and the whale. Mm-hmm. Directed by Max Lang and Daniel Snadden from Magic Light Pictures. How did you find her performance? Award worthy? Yeah, I think if you're going to be a snail, then <laughs> you've got to. <laughs> she captured got, the essence. Absolutely. Of. You, how how could you not? Really, uh, I think um, the snail and the whale was up for a, a fair few awards. It was also up for uh, best use of sound as well. Who was she up against? Let me just have a little look through my brochure here. You probably hear me flicking through. Best voice performance. Right here we go. Uh, so she was up against uh, the uh, the guys from Hilda. 
the the hidden people, which I think is the first episode of uh, of Hilda. She was up against the tiger who came to tea, and the rubbish world of Dave Spud. Uh, and uh, the Dave Spud guys were actually in the audience, and uh, Johnny Vegas was there in the front row. Uh, I think he heckled slightly when uh, when the guys won. <laughs> <laughs> Do the voice actors usually show up? It's quite rare, no, isn't it? No, this is. I remember when Martin Freeman won, and he he wasn't there, but that was the only thing the mainstream news went with was Martin Freeman wins award at some festival. Fuck you. <laughs> We're important. I think. <laughs> I think Sally's won before, and she turned up. I believe. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's not the category that that many people show up for uh, in particular. But Johnny Vegas was there. Well, then moving along to best children's series. This one went to uh, a local production, at least from where I'm sitting, uh, Moomin Valley by Steve Box over at Gutsy Animations. Sort of semi-local, it's a co-production. Congratulations to them. Up against Gumball, Sean the Sheep, The Show, Rubbish World of Dave Spud, and 101 Dalmatian Street. Well, congratulations. Where's Steve there? Uh, Mr. Box? Yes. No, not that I saw. Well, he has the honour of the award, if not the honour of being on a squiggly podcast. You know, there's you got to have something to reach for as things <laughs> go on. Best Children's Preschool went to the adventures of Paddington against Hey Dougie and the Clangers. That was directed by Adam Shaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember you and I kind of got a glimpse of Paddington when it was kind of in development yeah. a little while ago. And that's been, you know, since that kind of came out, people have been really quite enthusiastic about it. Uh, very well deserved. A lovely design approach with it. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah. I think especially like in the sort of wake of when the films came out, and the films turned out, I think, by and large, to be pretty crowd-pleasing, but that initial reveal of what the state of Paddington was, and all the memes and stuff, the horror memes, mm. um, <laughs> it is interesting to see such a different approach taken, by contrast. Do we have Adam Shaw on the docket? No, we don't. Everyone was in the bar, Ben. It was it was like getting it was like getting shit out of a rocking horse. I see. You got to strike. I had thought they were being like siphoned into a, a, a room before they could escape. They were, but the the it was the case of so I so I'm lined up and they're they're taking the the pictures. Yeah. And the idea was that you get your picture taken and then you talk to me and then you get to uh, you get a vegan hot dog and you get to wander off into the bar <laughs> and people getting the picture taken and just legging it to the bar. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I don't know what that says about my body language, about my demeanour, <laughs> about the way that I was stood there, like holding a uh, a microphone, like a baseball bat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But here we go. Actually, I'm starting to remember when we went to our first British Animation Awards, and we did some interviews before, and that was fine. And then we we're like, let's do the rest after. We'll just talk to the winners. And uh, yeah, that was not going to happen. Yeah, like that was it was. So I, I'm I'm remembering now. So I'm I'm amazed you got any at all. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, best music video uh, went to Asa Lusanda over at Ardman. Uh, the Coldplay music video for Daddy stop motion piece, stop motion, and I think a bit of live action puppetry combined, if I'm not bit mistaken. Of, bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Up against Kanye and Saul and uh, Greg McLeod. Yeah, that was one that definitely... I mean, people, you know, it's a Coldplay music video, so it's going to get circulation anyway. But generally speaking, when you'd see it, people were pretty vocal about how appealing they found that as a piece of work. Yeah. Um, is Acer with us? 
It's like a seance. No, no. <laughs> no, I don't think she is. Maybe I can summon her now. No. <laughs> Knock three times. She's in the bar. <laughs> Uh, no, Asa uh, absconded rather rather quickly. Uh, Writer's Award went to The Amazing World of Gumball, mm-hmm. uh, episode directed by Mick Graves. Uh, I'm not sure if he wrote it as well or if he was the one who got the award, but... Um, Richard Overall, uh, Mick Graves and Tony Hull would have been the guys that would have... Uh, were the writers. Yeah, Excellent. he said not reading from a thing. I do think it's a little bit unfair that The Amazing World of Gumball is constantly up against the rubbish world of Dave Spud. Uh, it's kind of resigning itself <laughs> to... Uh... It's shooting itself in the foot from a marketing perspective, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other nominee was uh, Sean the Sheep episode. Best postgraduate student film went to Alex Widowson against Catherine Steinbacher for her film In Her Boots and uh, Freddie Griffiths, who made the film My Dad's Name Was Hugh. He was an alcoholic poet. Alex's film... Uh, it was Music and Clowns, and I believe we don't have an interview with him, but we did speak with him about the film during our most recent Batch of Encounters podcasts. So if you want to hear more about that film, you can uh, go back through the old archives, and I'm sure he'll be there waiting for you. That was a bit creepy. <laughs> Definitely listen to that one, um, even though it was advertised in rather a creepy manner. Uh, it is a fantastic film. I am a massive fan of uh, of music and clowns, as I've said before, before the film came out. Um, but it's such a sort of tender, beautiful uh, film and such a, a lovely tribute to his brother. Uh, best original short film content. Nominees were Chris P. Duck, directed by Tom Grand and Martin Woolley, who uh, I believe we've interviewed on the site in the past. Uh, and they're still doing stuff at Wild Seed Studios. Crow by Simon Tofield, so presumably a Simon's Cat film. Uh, the winner was A Whale's Tale by Giovanna Utici and Robin Kilebi or Chilebi, Cartoon Network production, uh, which I've not seen. I'm sure it's very good. Hey, Ben. Yes? We've got an interview with one of these people. <laughs> well. Yes. Now you're talking. We've got an interview with uh, Giovanni. Smashing. Let's hear from Giovanna. Hi, I'm Giovanna. Um, I'm the director of A Whale's Tale, along with Robin Chellaby, who couldn't be here tonight. Fantastic. So you've come down to the British Animation Awards 2020 to pick up this handsome award that you've got in your hand here. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's by Sarah Bohr. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> well, congratulations on the win. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Whale's Tale. Okay. Um, well, I was on holiday, actually, in Scotland. I go to Scotland every year and stay in a little castle... A castle. It's not a castle. It's a cottage. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit overwhelmed. Um, we stay in a little cottage in the Isle of Mull, and we go to a lot of beaches there. And it's very untouched. But the one part that wasn't untouched was the beach, and the beach was covered in plastic. So we spent most days of my holiday clearing plastic from the beach, and the idea kind of stemmed from there. Um, Hope Works, which is an amazing um, organisation, came to Cartoon Network and said would you like to make a film for us, for our organisation? So I pitched the idea and it won and I got to make this story and idea that I, I you know, formed. Um, and then we brought in Blue Zoo and we brought in Izzy Burton, who is an incredible artist. Um, and with Blue Zoo, we brought the story to life. 
and um, it's just been a whirlwind year. It's gone from strength to strength, and the story really is so prominent in today's society that it makes me really proud that I we came up with a story. I, you know, I came up with a story, and we were able to make it. And it's reached children all over the country, and actually all over the world. We still get emails requesting to show it. Only last week, someone in the middle of America was like, "Can we show it at our aquarium?" We were like, "Yeah." Indonesia contacted us. Australia. I mean, it just yeah, it's been really overwhelming, but amazing. How important is it to tell stories with this type of message in this day and age? Um, I think it's really. It's really good. Um, there's so much anxiety, as we all know as adults, we suffer from that. I believe everyone suffers from that. Um, and it starts as a child, you know, it starts as a, at a young age. So when you're able to tell a story that can cause anxiety, but in a really nice, healthy, productive way, it's really important. And um, I say myself and the whole team that were behind the film, I'm really proud of the story that we've told. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. That was Giovanni Uticci there on A Whale's Tale, winner of Best Original Short Form Content at the British Animation Awards. So for Best Original Music, uh, the winner was David Arnold, who wrote music for The Tiger Who Came to Tea, which, uh, again, was uh, the focus of our last episode of the podcast, uh, up against music from Aliens Love Underpants and Pantaclaws, and the amazing world of Gumball, The Singing. For Best Social Good, the nominees were The Mouse by uh, friend O Squiggly, Katie Steed, uh, who I believe has been on this podcast several times, produced by Slurpy Studios. So that would make, I guess, Aaron the producer? Yep. Aaron, our very own marketing director here at Squiggly. Uh, this is actually the first British Animation Awards where members of the Squiggly management team were in contention. Didn't win. But that being said, <laughs> it's a fix, Ben. It's still uh, it's still something to to be very proud of, and it's a wonderful piece of work. Uh, what is beauty was the other nomination by director Anna Ginsberg, who we featured on Intimate Animation, and uh, I think we've talked about that film in particular. It was a thing she did for CNN about uh, different beauty standards over the years. Mm-hmm. The award went to Danny Capozzi or Capozzi for New Mindset, another Ardman production. And we have an interview with uh, Mr. Capozzi, uh, where I hold him to account uh, for stealing the award from uh, a friend of Squiggly. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so New Mindset is uh, it's a film starring, um, or, or via voice at least, uh, Stephen Fry, uh, that national treasure. And it's made by uh, Ardman Animations, and it's about mental health, really. It's one of these uh, subjects which is definitely something that is always worth talking about particularly in our uh, area of work you know so it's it's quite a, a stressful area of work and we all need to kind of keep on top of uh, stress and depression and and everything else uh, and it just really it, it encourages a, a a treatment really and um, it's worth it's worth watching hi i'm danny capozzi i'm director of new mindset that was a film that we made at Ardman Animations for Havas Links and United Global Mental Health. Very important film. Uh, it, obviously, it won the Social Good Award. How important is it for awards such as this to be represented uh, in British animation? 
Well, I think it's really important because, you know, I was just saying before that it's it's the little film sometimes that can have a really, really big impact, especially on a subject that is, you know, quite neglected still now and a lot of people don't like to talk about mental health and it's just creating that awareness yeah. and it's things like this that really push it out there to kind of get the word around and get people talking about such an important issue. Absolutely. Up against a few other films which did have some very important social messages as well. Uh, did you manage to see any of them? Is I did, yes. Yeah, I saw, I saw both of them and they're, and they're very impactful films. You know, they all are and it's so hard to judge because in their own right they're so meaningful and they've got such a strong message that needs to get out there. And they're all beautifully executed as well. So there isn't really any winner as far as I'm concerned. I look at them and they're all so unique in their own way that um, I think they all deserve to, to win and that they all deserve to... You say that, but you've got a lovely award here. Maybe you, could, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the award that you won. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's a Stephen Appleby illustration, a painting, actually. And it's a, actually a coat... Uh, no, sorry, not a coat rack. It's, <laughs> sorry, it's got hooks on it. It's actually a key rack, which is perfect for me. So, yeah, it's brilliant. It's really impressive. And I've been a big fan of Stephen's work for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. He's very practical, giving you this uh, place to hang your keys up That's as right. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very practical indeed. I need that in my house because it's absolute chaos. <laughs> with two little kids so uh, but yeah no it's great really pleased and uh, proud to get this award so yeah it's great right. thank you well, what's next for you are you still working with Ardman again yeah yeah I mean I'm freelance there but I'm, I'm always kind of you know there's always things cooking and bubbling away and um, I, currently I'm just sort of working on um, something for uh, Entresto which is like a it's a it's a new heart pill that's come out and uh, we're building these huge like automatons and uh, then we're going to film them live action but um, they're like these huge hearts and these characters are going to be moving around on it to kind of encourage uh, people that have had heart failure to kind of be more active because this pill allows that so yeah another another good cause sort of film but um, yeah it's quite a big project and just really enjoying doing that at the moment so Thank you very much for speaking to us quickly today and congratulations on your win. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank you to Danny Capozzi talking about his film New Mindset there, winner of Best Social Good at the British Animation Awards. Moving on to Best Commissioned Animation. This one went to Moth Studio. This was a film we were talking about uh, in Intimate Animation recently. Uh, Conception, Katie and Jen, really brilliantly designed piece of work like with all of their films. Up against Pokemon Go, Planet Pokemon, and The Mystical Journey of Jimmy Page's 59 Telecaster by uh, Smith and Forks, however you pronounce that. Well done, Moth Studio. Um, you know, they've been going from strength to strength since their days as Moth Collective. They're now, uh, well, they're winning awards <laughs> for being a whole <laughs> legit operation. So it's an inspiring story. They're great, and their work is often aped, isn't it? It's one of those studios where you're looking at glass, beautiful. Mm. And whenever they do it, they're always stretching the boundaries of that particular style. And I believe it's a style that we will look back on in years' time and go, that's where it originated. A little bit like the cartoon modern style. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll look back on, on the uh, uh, you know, 2010s, 2020s and go, this was a particular style. But I think it's, it's more than fair to say that Moth Studio are leading the way in that. They're, they're the innovators in that, in that space. Whereas nowadays, there's a lot of... You can download apps where you can add sort of grainy effects and, and it doesn't quite have the same appeal that uh, Moth Studio inject into each and every single one of their uh, amazing films. 
Yes, trendsetters indeed. Mm-hmm. For best film or TV graphics, this went to Chris Randall of Second Home Studios. Uh, for Da Vinci Learning, up against Sly Fox Productions and uh, Sun and Moon Studios. Best undergraduate student film went to Megan Earls, who made the film Borderline. I believe this one at Manchester as well. It certainly did, yes. And it is a tremendous film. Uh, it's And when she won at Manchester, I don't think she'll mind me saying. She probably will mind, so I'll say it anyway. (laughs) Um, I said, have you submitted it to many other festivals? And the answer was, no, should I? (laughs) And and this this is something that, and it's not, I'm not going to say this just just with regards to Megan, but to anyone listening to this podcast who has a student film or otherwise, submit it to as many festivals as you possibly can. That if you go on animation-festivals.com, you'll find all the free ones you can submit to. What have you wasted? Time? Fine. You can do that scrolling up and down Twitter. Submit it to as many places as possible. You will find somewhere that will cherish your film and you'll find an audience for your film. Don't hold it back for whatever reasons you have. Let it out into the world. And when somewhere gets back to you and says, we didn't program your film or this wasn't accepted... It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Just keep doing it. It doesn't mean you're bad. It mean it may mean that they're bad at their job. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a numbers game. Even the best films don't get into everything that they submit to. Don't think of it in small measures, like especially now that the submission platforms streamline it so much. Rejection doesn't mean you're not doing it right. Do you know how she definitely wouldn't have won a British Animation Award is if she didn't submit it? Yeah, absolutely. That's that is that is the way. Um, and she was up against fellow uh, Farnham uh, graduate as well, um, uh, Marta uh, Lemos for uh, Dear England, another fantastic film which uh, hasn't really done the rounds as 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 much as it as it should have. And I think this is a lesson for for everyone here that submit your film, just bloody submit it to as many places as possible. And as Ben says, it's not. It's not as black and white as good or bad if your film did not get accepted into anywhere. Ben, when you put together uh, screenings, when I put together screenings for Manchester Animation Festival, you know that you're making a Mm mixtape and you can't have the same song in twice. You've got to make sure that there's a flow. You've got to make sure that there's a a reason for something to be within a programme. You can't just stick a programme which is just full of the same stuff in. So your film might be amazing, but it may be taken down for for reasons that are a credit to the film on another playlist, on another uh, on another mixtape. So don't think it's uh, personal because it's not. One of the things I, I think I've told this story before, but something that really kind of hammered at home for me was like from perspectives and things like that was uh, talking to a festival programmer about one of my earlier films. And how they were like, oh, it was such a breath of fresh air. It was just so cartoony and we don't see films like that. And then it got into another festival and the program was like, oh, yeah, no, it just snuck in. To be honest, it's a bit cartoony. <laughs> and <laughs> Like people are going to have entirely different headspaces. And, you know, it, it's it, fortunately there was a thematic program where there was a gap for a two-minute cartoony thing mm-hmm. but it there very well couldn't might not have been um my student film which at the time seemed to do quite well but like in hindsight is you know not one of my big performers but it's the only one that got into clement ferrand which is one of the biggest festivals in the world 
And that's because they decided a year later to have a screening about zombie animals. Wow. <laughs> and my student film had a zombie duck and someone remembered from last year. So I'm not saying that'll guaranteed happen, but weird circumstantial stuff will pop up along the way. And festival directors talk to one another as well. This is the thing. Uh, yeah. One of the things that was announced at the BAAs is that the we've created the Association of British Animation Exhibitors. So that's a new thing that's come about. The, uh, the the directors talk to one another, and we may, and I've had conversations where I've said, "Have you seen such and such film?" No. Well, I didn't manage to put it in my festival, but it's absolutely amazing. Look out for it. Yeah. Th- those conversations take place. I would absolutely credit, you know, quite a lot of inclusions I've gotten, not to submissions necessarily, but from word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sign up to some platforms and uh, just yeah, throw it out there. Don't even look at the rejections. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like anyway. Congratulations to Megan. But yeah, the film, um, I, I think we talked a little bit about it when, after the math, but from what I remember, it's a film about national legislation and being forced to leave your country if you want to have an abortion, essentially. Yeah. I think it's always, it's always good when you see a student, uh, an undergraduate student, produce something with this type of voice and, mm. and, and, and actually say something. And I think that that's something that... You don't get an awful lot of from from many student films. Uh, my student film was really sort of self indulgent. It was a student film about students. Ho ho ho! Very funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And the issue is that if you don't produce something which which is a re- really a reflection of, of of an issue or something, then you're not really going to be telling the story that's not been told before. And I think what Megan does in her film is really outline something which affects a lot of people so yeah someone to look out for congratulations again to megan there next up best short film uh, and this went to previous bafta winner rough house by jonathan hodgson really can't fault it as a film you know i think it's great stuff uh, it was up against um four by three by ross hogg someone else we talked to at encounters as well as steve small who did black earth rising he was there and samantha moore uh, who did Bloomers as part of the Happiness Machine Project, and uh, Josephine Loha herself, The Fabric of You, which uh, we have a written feature interview on that uh, film, which is tr- really wonderfully put together. Uh, that's up on the site. That's a strong category. We have an interview with Jonathan Hodgson on the site from back in January of last year. Uh, Jonathan was also, again, part of the Encounters Q&As. So, yeah, if you search for Jonathan Hodgson on Squiggly, uh, you can learn more about his film Rough House. For Children's Choice, the winner was another Shaun the Sheep, Squirreled Away, directed by Carmen Bromfield Mason. Congratulations again to Arben. That one was up against uh, Adventures of Paddington and 101 Dalmatian Street. They always do the uh, the delightful little video of the kids and their, their opinions, really, which... Kind of mirror the squiggly podcast opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, what does that tell you? (laughs) (laughs) They don't really go anywhere. They're not very uh, entertaining. They're said with funny accents. It's just a um, chore to endure. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yes, uh, Sean the Sheep squirreled away. Was there anyone from the Sean the Sheep camp there? There was, yeah. They all came down on a big uh, Prosecco-fueled minibus. Uh, from Bristol, and I got to speak to uh, Sarah Cox, who's the Executive Creative Director at Aardman, who uh, collected the award uh, on behalf of the Sean the Sheep team. Tremendous. 
Uh, fantastic. I'm joined by uh, Sarah Cox from Arben Animations, uh, here with an enormous award, uh, and an award which, uh, which comes from Chris Shepard uh, and uh, Richard Keith Wolfe, the photographer who's captured, let's face it, the entire British animation industry for the last 30 years. Yeah, at least I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on your award. Can you tell us a little bit about the project that you won for? Uh, thank you. It was for Shaun the Sheep, uh, which is Adventures in Mossy Bottom, uh, which is the sixth season of Shaun the Sheep. So um, we've done another 20 episodes. Uh, 150 just wasn't enough, so we made 170 now. So this was for the final 20. And they were um, not final. <laughs> they were... <laughs> It was, it was directed by Tom Parkinson, directed the series, so um, he's on holiday, so I'm picking it up on his behalf, I'm the set producer on the series. Fantastic. Uh, and, and obviously we're at a sheep-themed award, so that's fantastic news to me uh, that Sean has actually uh, scooped the award. Brilliant. Um, it's great to, it, it's great to, um, lots of shouting going on in the background here as well, I don't have a big pardon. Um, it's, it's so great to see that the series is going along as well as the uh, amazing feature films and the quality uh, is just it just gets better and better in terms of Sean the Sheep we, we, this, the clips that have been used as part of the awards was the scene when they're making the pizzas uh, how, it sounds like the, the, the corniest question ever but how do you keep coming up with ideas for this this tiny woolly Charlie Chaplin character we thought it wouldn't be easy because we, you know, we kept coming up with ideas that had already been done before, and, and other people who worked on other series go on, and we've done that. But I think having, I was trying to bring new voices into it, so we brought Tom Parkinson in, who's from a 2D background. We also brought in a lot of female writers that hadn't um, worked on Sean before. In fact, most of the writers, apart from Sam Morrison, um, all the writers were new writers. So. Um, they had new perspectives. Like we had Georgia Pritchett, who was also uh, nominated here at the bars. Uh, she wrote some Succession and um, the thick of it. But you know, putting her in the context of Sean the Sheep episode was really interesting. And she did the Barbarita episode that you're talking about. So uh, we also worked with Lucy Guy. Um, and so it was, I think it was bringing those different voices in that gave it a little bit of a, a new lease of life. Fantastic. Well, congratulations uh, on the award for Sean the Sheep. Uh, we were speaking to uh, Richard and Will earlier on uh, about the minibus, everyone coming down and just... Uh, and the noise in there every time Arben were mentioned. There's quite a camaraderie going on tonight, isn't there? Yeah, it was, um, it was a bit of a party bus, and that was just at 3 o'clock from Bristol, so I'm um, not quite sure what... What the party bus on the way home is going to be, but uh, yeah, it is. I think um, what we did for the tickets to come here, we did a lucky dip from the crew because obviously Sean the Sheep is a huge team effort, and here am I drinking pink champagne when really it's, it's the whole crew that put everything in. So we did a, a lucky dip, picked some people at the hat. So we've got people that were across the floor, so uh, the DOPs here, we've got Kitty who's art director, we've got Sophie who was um, a runner on it, so I think that's very much the spirit of Ardman at the moment is that we're, you know, it's a big team. Fantastic and congratulations on the win. Thank you very much for speaking to Squiggly tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you to Sarah Cox and congratulations again to the Sean the Sheep team. Best use of sound 
went to the amazing world of Gumball, the future, directed by Mick Graves, uh, up against Traveling Salesman, a Clangers episode, directed by Joanne Chalkley and Chris Tickborn, and The Snail and the Whale by Max Lang and Daniel Snadden. There's a there's a couple of instances here where I would have I was very close between the ones that won and the Gumball one where they're singing is an outstanding episode. Mm. Well, it's very much like the the Buffy episode where they're all singing, right? <laughs> um, but it's it, it's just hilarious right the way through from start to finish and and because of the the world of gumball it is quite literally the world you know you go around all these different characters and the the song gets passed between them all and i'm just a massive fan uh, of that but it's nice to see gumball take something away it's been going for years it's still winning awards because it's still a good show good to hear so that's pretty much the lot although there were also the public choice awards uh best music video went to glass onion uh, Beatles animated music video by Alistair and Jock. The Public Choice Award for Best Short Film, technically the one I was possibly up for against like a hundred other films. I wasn't really holding out much hope that it would uh, get the popular vote, although I've been hearing very friendly things from people. This award did in fact go to Grandad Was a Romantic by Maria Mohaja, which recently won the BAFTA. So it's one of those interesting things where the public opinion seems to coincide with the uh, industry opinion there. Mm. Which one of your films was up for um, best short film? Well, Steve, uh, it was a new film I made called Speed, which is uh, brand new, out of the box. So, you know, it was a nice start for it. But like I say, had a nice little uh, spring-summer tour lined up, and that's been kind of decimated by uh, a whole bunch of cancellations or possible cancellations. So I'm not sure how visible it's going to be in the months to come. But people have been saying nice things about it. Uh, I've had a couple of emails. It's terrible, Ben. It's terrible. (laughs) I I hate it. I've not seen it. I've not seen it at all. But it's terrible and I hate it. So I'm just balancing, mate. I'm just... just... Thank you. I I need to be kept humble. (laughs) It's important to grow as an artist. I Actually, there was a Bristol public choice screening. I couldn't go. We had fucking Book of Mormon tickets. <laughs> oh, so wow. uh, my producers, because I wasn't going to miss that, my producers went instead. Uh, they said it went down well, but they, but I had a couple of uh, people who went to the London and Birmingham screenings also got in touch. Um, I think they like it because it's short. It's like probably the shortest <laughs> film I've ever made. Yeah, and so we'd already mentioned the Lamb Award again. They went to uh, Roxana Linklater over at Ardman. Ardman being pretty much the kind of head of the leaderboard here. What luck, as it turns out, that you were also able to chat with Ardman Head Honcho and friend of the Squiggly podcast. He's been on it quite a bit. Mr. Peter Lord. Mm. Was he in uh, good spirits that night? He was in very good spirits, as everyone else was in good spirits. You might have picked up a little theme of people on the the Ardman booze-fueled bus. This was my chance Uh to actually demand answers about that um so yeah this is our interview with peter lord he's not been on the podcast for 20 minutes but it's always good to hear from him that's the that's the thing and he's always got fantastic things to say and so it was just chatting about the success at the awards and uh yeah he reflects on what it's like to be the dad of Ardman. it's very proud dad lovely stuff let's hear from peter we've heard rumors of this uh, uh quite uh, a rambunctious party bus all the way down here from bristol yeah, rambunctious, yeah. and yet somehow at the same time uh, down market. It was like 
it was like a sort of transit van that we were all rat- rattling around in the back. But um, yes, yes, everyone started out quite polite in Bristol, and then they stopped for a inverted commas loo break, uh, which obviously involved acquiring tons of liquor, and then and then then they became very very noisy on that's the way. But but luckily me as the you know as the dad kept them in order. And you didn't purchase any Prosecco from any service stations or anything like that? Well, I, some, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I was on the Prosecco, whereas the rest of them were on the, the hard liquor. But uh, Prosecco and, and um, tasty um, baked snacks. And as the dad of Ardman Animations, <laughs> uh, you must be very proud tonight. I, I must say, yes. Seriously, that was lovely. That was amazing. Yes. Be- what's, I, I, I couldn't be happier um, because... because the awards were all over the spectrum, you know, weren't they? From, you know, from the movies, the series, to the commercial music video, and then Roxy's award for for rigging, for being a, a young, you know, new incoming rigger. That's great. So that was lovely. That was very, very, very pleasing. Yeah, yeah, very proud, extremely proud. And you know, honestly, Steve, I've sat here in past years. You know, I've sat here in past years with with four nominations and get nothing. I felt pretty damn grumpy. So tonight, I'm very happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much for speaking to Squiggly today, and congratulations to Arben Animations. A pleasure. Nice to see you. Thank you very much to Peter Lord, the head guy over at Ardman, uh, on a very uh, festive and uh, jubilant evening, scooping up awards hither and yon, uh, the British Animation Awards. And congratulations again to Helen and Kieran et al for doing such a wonderful job, getting it all put together. How was the MC this year? It was Miles Jupp again. Okay. So it was absolutely incredible. Uh, he, he's brilliant. I, I put up a joke earlier on 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 Twitter before the British Animation Awards about I don't know how uh, animators are going to get used to self isolation if the coronavirus takes hold. And he did the same joke that evening. And then I was nudged in the ribs from my wife, and she said, "You nick that joke off me." <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which is is fair enough. I think when when it's high art like that, I think you can call it parallel thinking. Oh, well, absolutely. (laughs) Without a shadow of of doubt. (laughs) But no, Miles was was fantastic, as he always is. And uh, like I said earlier on, Johnny Vegas was in the front row. And we know Johnny Vegas' history with award ceremonies. (laughs) So it would have been quite interesting if he was actually given the stage. But I think they managed to avoid that. Ah well, maybe next edition he can he can take a crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a nice little roundup. It's like uh, it's like I was there, but didn't have to expose myself. <laughs> or put up with a hangover the uh, the day after. Indeed, the British Animation Awards may be over for 2020, but I'm sure it will be resuming again in 2022. BritishAnimationAwards.com is their uh, recently revamped web presence. And there's some stuff, I think, a-coming in the interim. So uh, keep checking in with them, follow them on social media and stuff. Of course, when the time comes, you're going to want to submit new work for 2022. But it's a wonderful job they do. I'm glad it's in uh, good hands. Mm, Very good hands. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, Of course, our website is squiggly dot co dot uk we're on twitter at squiggly instagram at squiggly animation facebook.com slash squiggly magazine follow us on all of them because that's where all the goods are i'm on twitter at ben l mitchell steve is on twitter at mr underscore s underscore henderson i think that's all she wrote 
That is. So uh, stay safe. Happy animating. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.